and welcome to the April AMA and State of the Show address here on A Gamer Looks of 40. I'm Bill. Thank you so much for clicking this, checking out the show. And if you're actually clicking on this link, it shows that you care. It shows that you are curious as to what's going on with the podcast now, going forward. Uh, I'll have a couple of quick little news things for you, some updates, and then answer some questions from the Discord community. And uh, hopefully this is a fun half an hour or so of content for you to enjoy. So right off the bat, we just finished up our Zelda episode or our Zelda series, I should say, about a couple weeks ago as of this recording. I was the beginning of April, I think it was April 2nd or 3rd, the final Breath of the Wild episode came out. I am honestly really happy with the way it came out. I think as a six to seven month 19 episode piece of work. I think it really captured a lot of what makes Zelda very special from a lot of unique perspectives. So thank you to everybody who contributed to the episode, who who did a recording or an interview. Honestly, it sounds cliche and corny, but it cannot happen without your help and support. And so, wow, I mean, I really appreciate it. Looking forward to the next one, uh, which I am going to be recording for uh, starting recording for uh, Sooner Than Later, which of course is about Final Fantasy. More on that in a minute. Uh, this was supposed to come out last week, this AMA, but a little thing called the Mario movie happened and everything got put on hold. Everything got pushed up a week uh, because I I realized I had to do something for the Mario movie. I saw it last Thursday with my son. And uh, of course, this week's episode was... His opinions and reactions as a six-year-old seeing the movie. And then, of course, my thoughts and reactions after that. Um, I sounded a little negative as I listened back to it. Not negative about the movie, but negative about the fact I had opinions on it. Kind of thinking, does anybody really care about what I think? I really do think, though, the, the thoughts and emotions and reactions of a child are definitely probably more important to me but not necessarily to you, the listener. So I apologize if I came off negative thinking, who cares what I think? That was kind of my emotion at the beginning, but honestly, I've come around and say, you know, we all have our opinions and they're valid. And that's, again, the point of this show. So uh, but I do hope you enjoyed my son's uh, exuberance and love of the film. Again, it's, it's a movie designed for kids. It's made for him and and he loved it. I loved it. As a family, we loved it. And I, I can't wait to see it again and again and again when we eventually uh, buy it. Because that will happen the second it's available for purchase. So uh, coming up, without further ado, let's talk a bit about the schedule coming up, what you can expect. I essentially have the next two and a half months mapped out. And I will share that with you right now. First, I'm going to start with the standard episodes, the uh, the episodes that come out on the regular feed. And then if you're a patron, I will tell you what you can expect over the next couple months as far as the other two patron-only podcasts. So starting off next week on the 17th of April, Tales from the Bargain Bin returns as my brother and I discuss NCAA basketball for the Super Nintendo. Okay. This is going to be two months, two weeks removed from the March Madness finals. This was intended to come out like mid-March in the midst of March Madness. Um, it did not because the Zelda series had to end. 
and then life stopped for the Mario movie. So yay, look at me trying to hit that search engine optimization, trying to strike while the iron is hot (laughs) and release a college basketball episode two weeks after college basketball season ends. But um, it's a fun conversation with my brother and I, and we talk about the sister game to NCAA basketball, which is Stanley Cup. Much more relevant because the playoffs are starting next week in the NHL. So hooray for that. Uh, Looking forward to that happening. So NCAA basketball, Tales from the Bargain Bin. On the 24th, which is that week after, episode 73 is a conversation with Chris from Classic Gaming Quarterly. Um, If you've never listened or watched Classic Gaming Quarterly on YouTube, it's an awesome series. Uh, He's done very well for himself doing quarterly videos that are documentary style uh, think pieces and thoughts and, yeah, documentaries on the birth and life cycle of different systems, different launches, releases. I mean, also between then does a lot of really good, uh, he does read-alongs where he reads like an uh, an edition of EGM or a GamePro or a video game magazine. A really interesting creator and very good at what he does. And it was cool to talk to him about content creation, his history with games. Really mellow dude. And I think we had a, an awesome conversation. So look forward to that on the 24th. Uh, the week after that, which is May 1st, Episode 74 is released, which is our Majora recap. Uh, This is the final coda to the Zelda series. Uh, Seth from the All End podcast and Helena from TikTok both had a lot to say about Majora after the fact, but I decided I wanted to play the game completely and finish it before talking to them about really spoilery endgame stuff. Um, I actually, there's this, and I'll bring it up in the episode, but Helena, during our conversation about Ocarina, I started talking about Majora, and when she found out I hadn't finished it yet, she's like, nope, we will talk about this when you're done. We we cannot do a spoiler-free thing. We'll talk about it. And both Seth and Helena have really interesting and sometimes intense recollections and reactions and histories with Majora's Mask. And it's the time it's a type of game that encourages that. So it's a really cool two-parter. It's gonna be long. It's gonna be like an hour and a half because there are 40-minute conversations each. Um, but I think it really is a beautiful, not man, beautiful. That's a that's a little high and mighty bill. But I think it's a really cool again coda to our to our Legend of Zelda um episodes. And I want to give some space. I needed Zelda needs to kind of exhale a bit, and um, at the epi- episode seventy four is that final. Ah, <sighs> okay, we've gone through it. Um, on the eighth, Tales from the Bargain Bin returns. Unknown game just yet. So if you're a fan of that series and you have a game that you received as a kid and you didn't quite expect it, but you loved it or hated it or whatever, and there's a story, let me know. DMs are open on Twitter. And of course, on Discord, if you haven't joined it, please do. As well as the standard, a gamer looks at 440 at Gmail. So Tales from the Bargain Bin back on the 8th. On the 15th, episode 75 is a conversation with Brett Weiss. He is a author. He wrote the SNES Omnibuses, the NES Omnibuses, a number of books he's written. He has a podcast. He's done YouTube videos. He's been in the industry for well over 40 years and a really, really good guy to talk to, especially when it comes to 
being a young adult in the midst of video games fight and fall in the early 80s and what it was like to be collecting games at a time when the industry was crashing. And we talk a lot about a lot of different things. Uh, Brett Weiss has been involved in some, let's say, controversy. Uh, just be aware that we don't talk about, we don't get into his run-ins with Pat the NAS Punk, and we don't talk about his involvement with the um, Intellivision console. I cannot remember the name of it right now. Uh, reason being is, A, the Pat NAS Punk stuff is... It's not the sort of thing I want to cover on the show. I, I I thought about it and I actually let him know, hey, if you want to talk about it, we can. But it didn't come up and I'm glad I didn't push it because A, it's very well documented. His thoughts and opinions are well documented on his site and his blog. Feel free to read it if you want to hear about that back and forth and some of that drama that occurred. And honestly, it's it's a world I don't particularly want to trade in because... It's not the point of the show. And secondly, the Intellivision thing, which he caught a lot of flack for as well, his support of that Intellivision um, retro console, he he made an investment that didn't work out. And I honestly don't think there's much more interesting. I don't think there's anything else interesting to that other than he believed in something that didn't pan out and there's no story there. And nor am I going to accuse the guy of anything revolving around that that project. So sometimes you believe in something that doesn't work out. It doesn't work out and you, know, you move on. I, there was, there's no, nothing terribly interesting about those two pieces that wouldn't be salacious or me trying to pump up a story that's not really there. So long story short, Brett Weiss, really good interview. I think he's a really interesting guy, has a lot of good stories, but if you, if you would click on that force the, with the intention to hear dirt about Pat, the NES punk, or the Intellivision thing that's not there, then it's not the episode for you. And we just don't get into that. I don't want it to be like this clickbaity thing where, ooh, Brett Weiss, what did he have to say about that? It's just not there. Um, after that is going to be on the 22nd of May, another Tales from the Bargain Bin. And then on the 29th, episode 676 is A Gamer Looks at 40, a conversation with Mike Fallock. Uh, Mike Fallock, he was introduced to me by Julian of Nerds Without Pants many, many months ago. We had a conversation. It was supposed to be about Ocarina of Time, and it turned into a pretty lively debate about the nature of criticism and video games as art and art history. And it kind of went off the rails. And when I, when I finished the conversation, I looked at the interview and I said, what am I going to do with this? Because we didn't really talk much about Ocarina of Time. And then I decided, you know what, This let's present this as a complete conversation, uh, which works well in this kind of month and a half where I'm doing kind of complete conversation episodes. So a fun episode, definitely different than what you're used to hearing on this show, but um, it's it's good. And he's a, he's a good guy with some interesting uh, perspectives. So I hope you enjoy that. And then finally, on June 5th, episode 77 is released, which is our side quest volume six. A lot of the bits and pieces of all of these episodes combined. I love side quests combining just different stories from all over the map uh, in this one big kind of omnibus episode is really neat. However, if you are a patron, the fun doesn't stop there. You have more episodes coming your way over the next couple of months. If you're on the $5 tier, 
And if you're not on the $5 tier on Patreon, sign up. There's some really cool stuff coming out there, trying to build more value to those who uh, donate and support the show financially. It definitely helps for sure. Patreon.com forward slash a gamer looks at 440. So if you're a patron, expect the following episodes on 419, which is April 19th, you'll get an episode of Rolling Credits. Uh, the topic is Doom 2016 with my brother. It's a fun conversation because Doom 2016 is a really good game. It's a lot of fun. Uh, my brother and I, we kind of start uh, delving into more non sequiturs as we do. But it's a cool conversation about a really great game, and I think you'll enjoy our perspectives on it. Uh, the next patron-only episode is on 5-3, or May 3rd, where a the where you'll find the next episode of the Uncut Archives featuring the second interview I did for this show with my best friend, Joey. He hasn't been on the show much over the last year or so, his time and everything else, but we have this great hour and a half long conversation. Uh, a lot of it's been used in other episodes, like the, un uh, like the Uncut Archives are intended to be, but having it all together in one place it's, it's just a real fun, fluid conversation, and it's very much so us. Joey and I have done podcasts together. We've co-hosted, and we've been friends since the third grade. So we just had this natural chemistry, and uh, I think it's a really fun listen. So if you're a patron, you're going to get an hour and a half of Joey and I just shooting the breeze and talking about video games. Again, a lot of it's been added to different episodes, but... As a whole piece in conversation, I think it's pretty fun. And then on 510, which is just the week after, May 10th, we have another rolling credits on Fantasy Star 4, starring Greg Seward of the Player One podcast and Generation 16 series of videos. I, I, was, a, I was a Nintendo kid. I never touched a Genesis, really, until recently. And I've decided to kind of broaden my horizons for the Genesis RPGs and from all accounts, Fantasy Star 4 is one of the best. So I started with the top tier, and boy, I was not disappointed. But it's not Final Fantasy, but it's its its own thing, and I enjoyed it. So Greg and I have a pretty brief, about 25-minute conversation about Fantasy Star 4. So if you love that game, that is an episode you should definitely check out. And then finally, on 524, which is two weeks after that rolling credits, you'll get another Uncut Archives. This will likely be the third uh, the third interview I've done. So I figure with Uncut Archives, just do the first four. Because the first four interviews of the, uh, of, the, of the podcast basically made up the first six episodes. And I just think, again, as like these historical audio documents, I think they're really pretty fun to put together. So I'm not sure if it's going to be an, ep an episode with Blue Williams or with Sean Shirazi. But either way, you'll get another Uncut Archive episode on the 24th of May. So that is the schedule for the next two months or so. Uh, I'd like to formally announce my casting call. I have a casting call. I have three episodes I am currently recording for, not including Final Fantasy. The first episode I'd like to start recording for is Earthbound. If you are an Earthbound fan, if you love the games, if you have a close attachment to them, especially a nostalgic one, I'd love to hear your story. I'd love to get you down. I have a few people in mind already. 
This will be a big episode because there's a lot to talk about with Earthbound. It's a game I greatly respect and admire. I think it's a singular experience. I just don't know how fun it is to actually play. But we'll talk about that in the episode. Uh, The next episode I want to record for is Mario Paint. Mario Paint is a formative game for me. I, I adore Mario Paint. And I am collecting conversations and interviews for it as we speak. So again, if you grew up with Mario Paint, if it helped you learn to be creative, if it was a springboard for a job or a love of an art form or anything of that nature, I really want to hear these stories because I think there's lots of them. And I want to take my time and really collect those and gather that information. So Earthbound. Mario Paint, and then finally, a third episode I thought of this morning that I'm very excited about, Tales of the Rental Place. We, uh, If you grew up in my era, you rented games. I want to hear your stories about rental games, about how you rented, where you rented, where you got them from, save files you found, like just... I know there's got to be stories there. So if you loved rental houses and renting games as a kid... I would love to hear um, some stories about about your experiences, you know, going to the rental store for the weekend and picking something up for a couple of days. Uh, I just want to hear all those. So, of course, good stories about that. So Earthbound, Mario Paint and the, the love and experience of renting games, especially in the late 80s, early 90s. And then finally, I am working on a website. It's kind of one of those things I've been meaning to do and Search engine optimization states it's one of those things you should have. Websites, you know, podcasts should have websites for more presence on the clicks and the searches and the Googles and all that. Um, I also want a place to, to put the complete series in an easy to access place. Uh, that came up as a comment. I wish there was a way to like get a playlist of the Zelda series. I was like, good idea. Maybe we can do something on a website where you just go to this one place. Here's the playlist of of episodes and check them out. I don't know how that's going to work, but that is something I'm working towards. I have a couple of sites I've started to look into to get this thing organized. But a website, yet another thing, another way to connect with a gamer looks at 40. So now let's jump into the AMA. If you'd like to participate in the monthly or every six-week AMA for this State of the Show address, please uh, join my Discord. It's an open channel on the Discord. You can ask anything you like within sensible reason, and uh, I'm happy to answer those questions. So let's just jump into it for sake of time. Uh, Mike Alberton of Games My Mom Found writes, If I could have walked down the aisle to one video game song, what would it have been? Or if I did, what was it? Uh, I did not have any video game music at my wedding. Uh, that that would not have flown. <laughs> but we, I, I thought about this, and I think because I'm so ingrained in Zelda, I, I think an energetic, but it, not energetic. I I think the theme would have to be stately, but with an eye for adventure, because I do believe a relationship or a partnership or a marriage is an adventure. It's a journey. And it should be one that's taken with confidence and one that should be taken with an eye towards the future. And just, yeah, like we're going to go on a journey. We're going to go on an adventure together as partners or a couple or as a married couple, you know, in my case. So I really, I think some things like themes from the Zelda series would be great. 
I also thought anything from Supergiant, you know, Bastion, Transistor, any of those soundtracks, I, I particularly like Bastion, although my wedding would probably have to be a little more Western themed. <laughs> but uh, anything from those soundtracks, I think, are also very beautiful. And uh, and I also there was there's the theme to Kingdom Hearts that came up. This was a this was a question I had asked a while back in one of my three questions, and Kingdom Hearts came up a lot. And when I heard the theme, I was like, oh yeah, that that actually makes sense. That'd be really beautiful. So I've never played a Kingdom Hearts game. I would like to do a series on Kingdom Hearts, but I can't play through all those games. And as I've learned, I it's very hard for me to do episodes on games I've never played, but. Who knows? Maybe I'll find an interesting way to approach that that topic. Uh, but anyway, that's the uh, that's for another day altogether. Planning out shows on this show. It's kind of don't want to do that, but sometimes it happens. Uh, thank you, Mike, for the question. Uh, Cipher Zero asks: A genie grants you a wish to either create a timeless video game or a timeless song. Which do you create and why? For me, this is an easy, easy question. And it may be surprising, a timeless song. Absolutely. I think music, great games will stand the test of time and definitely have an impact as art and, you know, as media. No question, a great game can last forever. Look at Mario. I mean, that's a perfect example. Look at Zelda. But timeless music bridges generations, bridges everything it music is so much more universal than games right games have a certain set of requirements that you must adhere to in order to experience it you have to be able to pick up a controller and play you have to be able to see and hear and it engages lots of different senses music i think of all the art forms is among the most pure because it only requires one sense to enjoy and there's no barrier of entry I all I need are my ears and I could listen to a Spanish cumbia or I could listen to like a Bollywood soundtrack, not understand a word of what the person is saying or singing or have never even heard the style of music, but somehow some way I will feel something. And I think music is again one of the most pure uh art forms there is for that reason where you just don't need to understand it to appreciate it. And I know a lot of art is the same way in movies, but music for some reason is timeless. And I think timeless music transcends so many boundaries and transcends so many groups of people. It's just universal. So if I could create a timeless song that did that, that la- that that bridged so many gaps and touched people in so many special ways... I would definitely, absolutely do song. Uh, again, I love video games, of course. It is my favorite art form, of course. Uh, but music is a very close second. And I, yeah, timeless song for sure. That's a really cool question. Thanks for, for asking that one. Uh, Kev on the Discord writes, how do you choose your guests? I, I, I They choose me. I mean, I am very lucky to have people who take their time on, let's be honest, a very small show. This is not a big deal production. This is not a show with this crazy long reach. So the fact that I've been blessed enough to have dozens and dozens of people willing to take their time to join me for these conversations is really, really remarkable. And uh, there's really two ways, two methods of guest acquisition. 
Uh, the first way is just what I did. I do casting calls on Twitter and Discord and here. Hey, this is what I'm recording for over the next few weeks. If you have thoughts and opinions, hit me up. And uh, and it's really just a come on, come all, right? If so I had some people for Zelda reach out and to casting calls who I didn't get to for time or whatever reason, if you're one of those people that reached out and I just couldn't get to you, I apologize. I just ran out of time. Like the series could not keep going, right? I have to at some point cap the interviews at a certain point. Like I can't do anymore. I'm out of time. Um, but for the most part, I I usually spend time with nearly every person who responds for the most part. Uh, and if I do an interview with somebody, I have I have never completely trashed an interview. I have had interviews where I've used pieces, not everything. I've used interviews in their entirety. I've used bits and pieces. I've used snippets. But at the end of the day, if you've done an interview with me, it's very I I can't remember a time when I haven't used at least a piece of it in the show. I think that's important to me um, to fit those in and make those things work. It's kind of like my job as the host. You know, my job as the host is to present these stories that you tell and present them in a way that's appealing for someone to listen to, that tells a story, that attempts to paint a narrative. But they are your stories. So you're the crucial part of the show. If you don't give me stories, I don't have a show. Because <laughs> no one wants to sit and listen to me ramble, I guess, unless you're listening to this, which is fine. But uh, that's that's kind of the way the show works. So first way, casting calls. Again, if you have a cool story, even if it's not Earthbound or Mario Paint or Rentals, you say, you know, I got a story I've never told anybody about video games. Maybe Bill will like it. Please reach out to me. I'm always down for doing episodes where there's just like two or three random stories on it. I did it very early in the show and I'd like to do another one. So please don't feel limited to just the topics at hand. I'm just, I'd love to hear your stories about games. I just, I really, that's what I'm here for. Um, so that's the first way. Second way, I do have people I seek out, uh, like Brett, for example, Chris from Classic uh, Gaming Quarterly, um, other people I've reached out to over the years and never heard back. Um, sometimes I just think, hey, it'd be really cool to hear from XYZ person. And I email or reach out on Twitter or social media. And a lot of times they don't get back to me, which is fine. You know, I follow up. But I do have certain guests that if I have an idea for it, I'll actively reach out and get those people. But I will say that in the this show, again, is really designed for everybody. So getting you know, people who are in streamers and bloggers and YouTubers and podcasters, as much as I love those people who do this show and contribute, they're vital to this. I also just love talking to everyday people of whom who would never have a forum to tell these stories. I think that is a really cool part of this show where I am extremely inclusive. So if you're listening and you want to be on the show and you're thinking, yeah, but I don't have a fancy microphone. I'm not a podcaster. I genuinely don't care. I will talk to you on Skype over your phone. If it sounds like crap, I don't care. I'll do what I can with it. I want to tell your stories. I actually kind of like when this, when when the audio on the other end has a bit of a grittiness to it. It feels real. Like it feels, I kind of like when it's unpolished because that to me feels very real and lived in. And I think conveys, again, uh, a piece of the story, right? So su suffice to say, even if you've never been on a podcast, you're like, I can't, I don't know if I could even talk on a show. 
please reach out. Let's work something out. We can figure something out. I'd love to have you. So uh, awesome, awesome question, Kev. I appreciate it. Uh, Cypher Zero again asks, do I enjoy focusing on a single franchise and tracing it from first game to most recent, or do I prefer to go console by console and jump franchises? Um, I'm assuming this relates to the Zelda series we just did. Early on in the in the show, again, if you haven't heard or haven't heard the story, uh, initially this show was supposed to be about 30 episodes long and done. It was supposed to be a limited release. I was supposed to be long done by now. And the goal was to do it in years. So the games in 1987, 1988, 1989, and every episode would be a year and have different people's stories based on the year in which they were even playing or living. And I, after doing the first four episodes or first four interviews, I realized people don't think about games that way. They think about systems and consoles and they don't think about what I was playing in 1989. Like they don't, no one thinks that way. And it was a big stumbling block for the show for a good six months. And until I started releasing the shows in May of 2020, I guess it was, or 2021. And away we, away we went. It was 21. So anyway, um, at the start, I was doing it by systems. I was kind of going through the systems and I still had a thought, this is a limited run. So I'm going to go through like the systems, maybe cover a couple games for the N64 series. i Landed on you know, landed on GoldenEye and Mario sixty four and you know Super Metroid right I kind of like landed on the big tentpole titles of which I had conversations for. Remember this show that the topics of the show depend on what I get right. If I don't get any content for Earthbound, I can't do an Earthbound episode. But then I realized that it would be fun to track these these uh, franchises. And that's what led to the Zelda franchise. So the Zelda franchise is the first beginning to end. And I really like that format. It's a lot of work to do to kind of put together those episodes. But that's kind of what I'm into now. So the ebb and flow of the show is likely going to be, for right now, for example, these kind of short form interview episodes that kind of bridge the gap between the um, Zelda series and the Final Fantasy series. I hope to have a few that, again, that Earthbound, Mario Paint, and um, Rental Stores. Those are kind of the three I'm focusing on. I'd like to do those. And anything else that comes up. And then have Final Fantasy start probably end of July, early August, by which I hope to have hopefully half of them done and in the can before I even begin releasing them. But anyway, so to answer that question, I like both, but I think... As of right now, I do like those the long series because it really allows me to create this very long form compendium of thoughts and opinions and recollections across an entire series and hopefully track why it works and why it may be not work and why people are attached to it so much. Um, the, the feedback from the series was really good from what I have. So um, although I will say the individual like SNES and Genesis episodes were definitely probably more popular. I, I like this kind of long form documentary series style, but we'll see. I don't know. We'll see how it works out. Uh, Final Fantasy is already planned. So after that, who knows? Maybe we go back to more uh, singular stories or just jumping around from franchise to franchise. But right now, I like those long form series. So that's kind of where I'm going right now. Thank you very much, Cypher, for asking that question. And then finally, Seth. 
from the All In Podcast asks, who are some of my biggest heroes slash inspirations, either personally or professionally? I'll start personally. I I have one person in particular who I'll, I'll share, and uh, his name is Eric Highland. He, uh, he used to run or own the blog I started writing for when I first moved to Austin in 2013. Uh, the blog is called The Austinaut. If you were tracking my adventures during South by Southwest, that's who I cover that for. I have been writing for them for over eight years at this point. I no longer write for them full time. I, I just cover big events because I get the access and it's fun to cover big events for them. But I used to write at least two huge articles for them a month. And then I did a weekly concert roll up. So I was doing like six articles a month for them at my height. And it's a site I was very, very proud of. It was a big part of my creative outlet for a number of years. I love doing articles about music and food and beverage and breweries, all about hyper-local, supporting local businesses in Austin. I love doing it. Um, Unfortunately, the site is no longer that. It's really kind of turned into a standard clickbait, you know, here's the things to do this weekend type of site. Nobody who writes for that site anymore actually lives here. They're all just contracted out across the internets as websites do nowadays. And it's just lost the magic since they sold it, unfortunately. But I met Eric through that site and he has been a really just a an absolute mentor to me, not only creatively, but also spiritually and which is a side of my stuff I don't really talk about too much on this show because this show is not about that. It's just not about that. One day it'll come up when I'll actually talk about like faith and whatnot, but um, I want this show to be extremely inclusive and I know that kind of stuff can be exclusive. So I I leave that stuff out of it for now. I'm sure it'll come up at some point. But anyway, uh, so he's been a, a huge friend and mentor to me and he's inspirational because he's the type of person that makes a plan and then fearlessly follows it. And I love that. I love people who just go for it. And But he's never reckless. He plans it out. He's retired Coast Guard, so he has of a military background, so he's always very planned and prepared. Um, him and his family, when I met them way back when, they were fu- about to start full-time RVing. So they, are, they RV'd around the country for about five or so years, maybe more. And right now, they're in the midst of an overlanding adventure. Uh, if you're not familiar, RVing, of course, big old RV, you know, you pull into campsites with water hookups and, you know, you RV, right? It's a camping thing, obviously. Um, they go one step beyond where they literally live out of his Jeep. And it's him, his wife, and their, he's now six-year-old son. Uh, their son has never had an address. He, is, he was born on the road. Uh, he was born here in Austin because, you know, you got to be here for it. Um, but as soon as they could leave, they did. And he's never had a steady full address. And he is now in the midst of an overlanding adventure with his parents. And they are now currently driving around the world, literally driving around the world. Uh, they are in Ecuador right now, if memory is correct. They just got out of Colombia and they are they literally live out of their Jeep most of the time. Uh, the Jeep that he drives is fully equipped. It has a fold-out tent that comes from the roof that sleeps two people. The trunk bed turns into a bed. They have a shower that comes off of the Jeep. They have a refrigerator. They have extra water tanks. They have extra gas tanks. 
They have all sorts of just, this Jeep is designed for them to live out of full time. They do not need to go to a campground with a hookup. They can park on the side of a mountain, pitch it, basically set up camp, you know, out of their Jeep, literally full out, fold out a giant awning and literally sleep anywhere they want. It's, it's incredible. Uh, they do on occasion spend um, extended periods of time in Airbnbs. Uh, they are in Bolivia and they spend about six weeks in an Airbnb because they do work and they have to uh, post. They do a social media site. They have a YouTube channel. They have a blog and they're just inspirational people. They decided we want to travel around the world. We're going to do it in a Jeep. We're going to overland. And um, they go to overlanding expos. They go to you know national expos to talk about their journeys. Uh, Eric is in the midst of writing a book about his experiences. And um, this is going to be a 10-year adventure. And when, when Caspian, their son, is 16, he will have been to nearly every populated country on the planet. Um, nearly. I'm not, you know, obviously there is a bunch he won't be, but He's going to he's going to be extremely well traveled and man that kid's going to have stories. So, um Eric Highland, I, I I love him dearly. He's a dear dear friend and um again, and as far as professionally, it's really when it comes to podcasting, I have so much respect for those of you in my circle that are good at building communities. And I I am not good at promotion. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to market anything. As far as uh, building communities, I'd love to do it, but I again, it's time, it's kids, it's my real world job, which can be very demanding, and it's just hard for me to build communities. And I love the fact that people like Seth from the All End Podcast and Gamers Week have a wonderful community, and Retro Logic, and the the Pixels and Moses and his his crew and his team of people. People who are are adept at building those communities and really growing them and fostering them because it takes a lot of work to do. I have an immense amount of respect for. I am good at doing work. I am good at making things. I like to think, and then I let other people promote it. That's why I write for sites. That's why I wrote for when I was a film critic. I wrote for websites. I didn't have my site. I wrote for other people and let them promote it and put it on the site. Right. So. I, that's kind of always how, I, how I've always been. And so professionally, I'm always inspired by those who are really good at building those communities and building those cultures around their work because it's something I'm not good at and it's something I aspire to. So uh, kudos to all of you in my, in my circle of friends here who are good at that because man, oh man, I wish I was much better, but I try. And if you want to see me trying, this is me trying Join my Discord. I posted a link a couple of days ago on Twitter. Uh, join the Discord. Come on by. I do the show notes for every episode. It has some really cool, neat uh, behind-the-scenes stuff. Some of it's pretty interesting, I think. Um, I sometimes think that stuff's for podcasters, but uh, if you're interested on in how this show gets produced, I have show notes for every episode. I'm going to start doing more polls. If you are a patron, you get first crack at the at anything that's casting call-related. So like tonight, as soon as I'm done with this, I'm going to post the first casting call. And then this episode will get launched probably tomorrow afternoon-ish just for the other, for the public casting call for the episodes. And uh, yeah, trying to build some fun stuff in the the Discord and use that as my hub for communication because Twitter only goes so far. I think Discord, I can be more curated. 
more detailed, etc. And that brings me to the end of the state of the show and the AMA. Thank you so much for checking out this episode. Thank you so much for being a fan and a friend of A Gamer Looks of 40. I'll say it until I'm blue in the face. This show does not happen without you. It's corny. It's cheesy. You hear it all the time, but hear it from me. This cannot exist without you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening, clicking, sharing, and doing all the things. And until next time, just continue being awesome.